0: Thank you for joining us for this special and Includes podcast. My name is Amadeep Gill and I'm a partner at Trows and Hamlins. And I'm joined by my fellow partner, Yutunde Danier, who's also the head of our Birmingham office. I asked Yutunde to join me today to talk about the tragic death of George Floyd and the Black Lives Matters movement. I wanted to do this because I wanted to educate myself. Like many, I've been moved by what has gone on. What I have seen and what I have heard, I want to be part of the change needed to make our society fairer. However, I'm also conscious that any steps taken have to be meaningful and they have to be informed. I'm also aware that racism, like other forms of prejudice, be that sexism, homophobia, religious intolerance, is a lived experience for an individual. And it is fundamental that those voices are heard in order to direct and guide the change that is needed. At the heart of what you're about to hear is essentially a conversation between two very close friends. We are expressing our personal views about a deeply complex and emotive subject. However, these are our voices. We neither can or profess to speak for others. And accordingly, we apologize in advance if our words cause offense. That is not our intention, that not at all. Our intention is to be part of an important societal conversation and push forward positive change that will benefit each and every one of us. And that leaves nobody behind. And that includes you, whoever you may be. We want for you no less than that which we hope for for ourselves. Yutinde. tell me how you hi, felt Amadeep. when you heard hi um, I just wanted to kind of explore you know the growing narrative uh, and understand how you felt when you heard about George Floyd's death and what followed
1: oh thanks very much Amadeep. Um, I mean for me I think it started that week with um, the appalling behaviour of Amy Cooper um, and for those of you who don't know This is uh, the incident that happened in um, Central Park, I believe. And Amy Cooper had her her dog um, off a lead and a bird watcher um, uh, asked her, uh, the the, the bird watcher was black, and he um, asked Amy if she would put her dog on a lead um, so that the dog didn't scare off the wildlife. And what followed was just nothing short of appalling quite fortunately um, the incident was recorded and basically um, Amy turned around and said that she felt threatened and that she was going to call the police and all this guy had done was quite politely asked her to put her dog on a leash and she called the police and the way in which she reported the alleged incident she was using her privilege, she was using her power, because she knew that as a white woman, complaining about the behaviour of a black man would get, hopefully for her, a result. Unfortunately for her, it really backfired. Um, And so I was quite vocal about that, because, you know, a call like that in America can result in somebody getting killed. It's not just a case of the police coming out to find out what's going on. You know, In reality, it can result in somebody getting killed. And we've seen that time and time again over in America. Um, And then it felt like almost immediately, and I believe the events happened on the same day, but I think I heard about um, George Floyd's death um, the next day. And I saw the video and I I was sick to my stomach. I don't think I, Mm. I, I, I can't see how anybody could see that video. And I watched the whole of it. The, the whole, when I say the whole of it, I saw the recording from the other side of the street, I saw the whole 8 minutes 46 seconds and my feeling was the family of George Floyd probably knew that he was just popping out and okay his behaviour you know the allegations are that he used a a forged note to pay for some items so not great behavior I accept that but all I could think of is that his family were expecting him to return home after he'd done finished his business and for somebody to die in that way it just revolted me Mm. and the power that that the the, the police officer, I can't even say his name, exuded was just as though it was his right to take the life of this man because he had the power to do so. Um, So, on, on on the top of that, you know, I think about, you know, the male figures in my family, my brothers, particularly my husband, and... You know, you, you think if you live in America, this could happen. I said to my brother, my brother is shielding at the moment, and um, he was saying that you know he he really needs to get out, and he's been eating too much and he's put on some weight. And I was saying go to the track and walk around the track, go early in the morning. And my brother was in his late fifties, and he said to me he's scared because somebody might see him out on his own and make various allegations. So you know, it's a very real thing. Um, I've had conversations with people afterwards, and fortunately things are not as bad as they are in the UK as they are in America, but nonetheless, there is an issue in the UK.
0: And can we just explore this kind of sense, an overwhelming sense in me at least, you didn't know, that this is. This seems to be like a watershed moment in race relations. Um, definitely in my lifetime. I know we've had seismic shifts um, at various points in our collective history. But do you do you agree with that? Do you think that that's actually happening? Is this conversation much needed? It just seems so powerful.
1: Well, the conversation is well overdue, to be honest. Um, and yes, there have been you know incidents time and time again. Um, but I think we're in a different age now. And I think the so- power of social media and the power mm. of that recording is, is what has galvanized people. So often these incidents are not are not recorded. Um, Amy Cooper was recorded. George Floyd, thank goodness, was recorded. And so, you know, there are very few people, I think, in this world that would turn around and say that's the correct way to behave regardless of whatever whatever somebody has done. Um and so that's the difference. And the protests that we have seen, um, if you've really noticed, you know, yes, everybody's included, but there were a lot of young people who mm. are out protesting. I know that some people have said, oh well, it's you know due to lockdown and people want something to do. Let's be honest, they're not, you know, the fact is somebody died, um you know, as a result of having somebody press their knee into their neck for eight minutes, 46 seconds. And from a an human level, you know, it, it 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 you know it 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 it's enough to go out and say this is wrong because nobody would want that for their relative, surely. Um, you know, at the point when you are no longer on this earth, I would like you to go out as a result of. You know, being suffocated because, or asphyxiated because somebody has has got their knee on your neck for eight minutes, forty six seconds. I don't think anybody would say that, and it is so abhorrent that I think that's what got has got people out. And on the back of that, you know, there's a lot of discussion about the way in which um, the the protests have have um, spread. But I think there is that that real genuine feeling. That there needs to be change we've talked about change um, for so long um and we've talked about you know the equality for BAME people for a very long time but for me this is a moment where I can say um and I've been wanting to say this for a lot a long time we need to look at the black part of BAME because mm. black people are so underrepresented um mm. and and, and and it's really that focus that needs to shift. We just need to have a camera, a focus. The lens needs to be shone on black people and their and and their experiences um, at this time.
0: Can you talk to me today about the the positive change that could come out of this? Um, you know, there are a lot of people like me who want to be part of that positive change. Um, And for me, I want to do the right thing. You know, I want to get it right. Um, I don't want to be condescending or patronizing in the way that I do it. And I think that's the case for a lot of people. Um, You know, we don't share the black experience. We don't understand fully the black narrative, Um, but we do want to be part of that change. Um, And, you know, it's, it's a really powerful subject and there's a fear about getting it wrong you know, for all of the people in that boat um, who want to be part of the correction that's happening in our society, want to be part of a really positive, strident move, what advice would you give us?
1: Yeah, it, it's in, it's really interesting because Outpouring has, you know, as I said, it's been really amazing. And I think it's only because it, 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 the, the topic is race and racism that people are very um, concerned about Getting it right, getting it wrong, um, and so on. At, at this particular time, you know, in terms of getting it wrong, I I, I can't see how anybody can if they're calling they're calling out um, the injustices that happen. And so I would just say to people that look, reach out to people um, in a genuine way and just say, "Hey, I care about you. How are you doing?" You don't have to start having a full-blown conversation about the slave trade and everything else it's just a case of I see you and yeah. I hear you because for a lot of black people you know or or for some black people I should say the it feels like we're not seen and I've certainly gone through parts of my career where I've not where I felt that I've not been seen or that I'm I'm just a tick box and therefore I've not got a voice so the fact that people are you know people that I've not spoken to for ages are checking in on me and asking me whether I'm okay is great mm. and then the other thing I think is 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 about education the history behind um black people is is not something that's pretty if we're really honest and therefore I think to have that understanding. Um, people need to educate themselves and one of the things that you know we're not taught about black history um, at at school um, in the UK Um, and and there's books out there that will that can educate you um, you know well about about the issues the the problem that we're facing is it's a structure that's built on the basis of not allowing makes it really difficult for black people to progress Um, and there's a load of societal issues there's a load of structural issues in terms of the way in which the workplace and so on um, is, is set up and businesses are set up but the one thing that we can all do and i've 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 stopped and checked myself in relation to colleagues that share other um characteristics that are underrepresented and uh, as such um, people are disadvantaged and I've just checked and sense checked you know what I'm what I'm saying what I'm talking about I try to go to events to find out more information from um, people themselves rather than academics about you know how they feel and then it's about just changing changing behavior and I think calling out, I, I went to um, a, a webinar today about how to be an active bystander. And it, it's simple. It, it, the, honestly, the tools are just so, so simple. But all too often we are maybe we feel that we're in a culture or in an environment where we feel that we can't call out. Bad behaviour. I've done it. I've certainly know there's instances where I've where I've gone. Oh, do you know what? I should have said something, but I just wasn't sure what to say. Um, But I think going forward, in such circumstances, saying nothing is not good enough. Even if it comes out a bit garbled and a bit wrong, it's about you know, saying something, um, uh, whether it's to the person that who's said it, or whether it's taking it to a line manager, or whether it's speaking to the person to the, the person who's um, been the target of um, the unpleasantness afterwards, and just saying, "Look, I was there. It was uncomfortable. How are you?" Um, I think it's incumbent upon all of us because it's not it's not just you know you know it's not just the leaders of an organization or it's not just the political um party that's in at the time it's incumbent upon all of us um to, co- to call it out and i think if we if we if we start feeling more comfortable about calling out the wrongs it, you know it's almost like a, a little tidal wave that it will grow and grow in terms of the impact that that change in behaviour has.
0: And just kind of concentrating then on that kind of change of behavior and, you know, there's a real opportunity for us to construct a, a, a much more uh, positive future for all of us that, you know, there's a recalibration of equality throughout. Um, can I just ask you what that new future could look like um, and how me and others can kind of contribute to to, to that future?
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the future to me, um, it, it really just is about the inclusion of everybody. I, whether it's, you know, from being, you know, overexcited a couple of months ago, because a plaster manufacturer had, was developing plasters in all skin tones, you know, made me excited. Marks and Spencer's um producing shoes shoes in nude that included dark tones got me excited. Um, and I think if you haven't been if you if you've not been excluded in that kind of way, it, it's difficult to understand. But you know, when I walk into a room I like to see that there's a wealth of diversity of everybody represented rather than always being in the minority which quite often I am not in terms of gender gender is really balancing it out but in terms of um, being black um, most different definitely and being BAME, not so much Um, and it's about people looking at at that. So as we did with um gender, for example, um, we're very conscious. I think people are more, more conscious now about um how um teams and so on are um offered out or panels or put together um, and events, how they're publicised, where they're publicised, to make sure that they've got a more, more diverse reach. Um and then it's that that real need to make sure that there's that opportunity for all to progress so that their potential can be um, maximised and Mm. that they can have a fulfilled experience. Too Mm. often it's the system, it's the systems that we have in place that have always been that way that, that prevent people from that first opportunity, whether it's from, you know, having a system whereby work experienced people are friends of friends or not friends the children of friends um or you know whether it's using you know recruitment agencies that don't understand the kind of culture that an organization is trying to generate and therefore does not offer um uh diverse candidates um i think i think there needs to be some real Um, I call it navel glazing people need to look at themselves and their organizations closely and have that honest conversation to say are we a group of people around this table that all look the same and all possibly think the same and why is that and I think once you ask the why and you, you 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 um you take the bits apart to say how how has it come to be that that there is a lack of diversity in our business um uh, that that change can can start to happen and um just wanting to perhaps draw
0: some kind of thoughts from you that anything we haven't spoken about, anything that you would like to share or for people to go away and think about um, that we haven't touched on you today? Is there anything that is missing from our conversation before we, we draw it to a close?
1: Amadeep, I think this is a real opportunity um, and I think if we turn our backs on this opportunity, um, you know, George, George Floyd and all of the others in the United States, in the UK, that have died as a result of police brutality will have been in vain. Whereas if something great comes from this, if people look at their own behavior, if organizations change, if we start changing the structure of our society, these are big ass, and I'm not saying that Mm. they will happen overnight, but if we start, then hopefully, the kids that are going to inherit what we're leaving behind will be in a much better position, and I think that that young people really need to be part of the the conversations that we're having, because it's quite quite clear that millennials um, demand so much more from us, um, so much more from their employers, and so much more from the society that they live in.
0: Thank you, thank you, Tinde. Um On on both of our behalves, actually. Um, can we say a huge uh, debt of gratitude to Trowers for giving us the opportunity to have this conversation? Um, it makes a huge difference to work for a business that truly believes in its people, all of its people. there um, I'm hugely grateful to you and for you, actually. Um, I know this has not been easy for you. And um, I, I really appreciate you taking the time out to ha- better help me understand the importance of this movement and that lived experience for you. Uh, thank you very much. Um, no, no, I, I'm I'm really indebted to you, and I, and I hope it's definitely motivated me, and I hope it's motivated others to do even more when it comes to ensuring equality for all. It's important to remember that equality does not come at the expense of others, but it does transform our collective experience for the better. Uh, I'm sure that we we hope for that uh, for all of us. Um, Thank you for listening to this special Trowers Includes podcast.